Are you tired of trying to conquer life's mountains by yourself? There's a better way. With Christ, we can learn to climb and win the victory over all of life's mountains. Look at John chapter 8 and verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples. Now here it is. And you will know the truth. Oh, I love this. And the truth will set you free. It will give you your independence from sin and Satan and self. When you come to know Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul would pick up on this in his ministry to the Galatians. Write this reference down, Galatians 3, 26 through 28. We're going to dive into this in a moment. Listen to what Paul writes. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ Jesus, have put on Christ. Now listen to this. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. I want you to hear this today. The title of the message is this, God Speaks. Only when God speaks and you respond by surrender to God can liberty come. Now, there was a guy by the name of Abraham. You could be turning in your Bible now, Genesis 15. Hold your place in John 8 because we'll come back there at some point at the end of the sermon. But if you'll go to Genesis 15, there was a man by the name of Abraham that God spoke to him. He said, I want you to leave where you're, where you're from, and I want you to go where I tell you to go. Friend, that, that, that is independence, which also is dependence. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, listen to what Paul wrote. Paul said this, if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring according to the promise. See, Abraham was told by God, I want you to go to a land. I'm going to liberate you in that land. You're going to live in that land. I'm going to send the Messiah through your lineage in that land. And Abraham began his journey. God spoke to him. Now, here's a personal question for you. It's for you today. You as an individual, no one else. Here's the question. Has God liberated you? Now, 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 now please, please now, don't, don't, don't take that as just, well, yes or no. So, well, that's how you ask, that's how you form the question. No, 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 no. Has he liberated you in your wallet? Amen. Has he, has he liberated you in the way that you talk? Has he liberated in you in the way that you walk? Has he become, now listen to me, not one of many gods, but has he become the Lord of your life? You see, Abraham was on that journey. The Lord had liberated him from paganism, but, but as of yet, it seemed as if he's laboring in his faith. But he's not come to that place maybe that he is living totally by faith because, you know, he had some things in his life. There was this thing called, called his wife. There was this thing called his, uh, his nephew who was only along for the ride. We talked about that last week. There were some things in his life that made him struggle. But I want you to hear this. Abraham in his own life had these issues, and he came to a point that unless God spoke, he was done for. Now remember in chapter 13 just of Genesis how the Bible said that, that, that Lot chose the best of the land. And so, so Abraham gave away the best. He was now having with his animals to, to find places for them to be able to eat, even though God had given all of it to him. He took the high road. 
Not only that, when his, when his nephew got in trouble down in Sodom, when four kings came and took them over, he went, if you remember. He, he went with his 318 trained servants. They went and got them back. And then when they came back, the Bible said, the king of Sodom says, hey, take any of the spoil that you want. But you know what he said in 14 to the king? He said this to the king of Sodom, I don't want anything you have because I don't want you dare to say that you made me wealthy. It's only God who has made me who I am. And so he comes there in that moment, and you would think that, that now that this man would be ready to conquer anything in his life, but God had to speak to him. I want you to look with me in your text to chapter 15 and verse 1. Here's what the Scripture says. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now watch what, what God says to him. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. I'm your reward, and you, it shall be very Great. Now he comes, Brother Danny, off of a victory. He comes in after a high moment in his walk with God, and God speaks to him. Friend, there should be no better life than the life that God speaks to you and you obey. Amen? That should be the life that you have. It, it is, listen, it is a liberating life. But something happens here in, in, with Abraham, and look what it says in verse 2. But Abram. Here's what Abram said. Oh, Lord God. What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and the member of my household will be my heir. I want to tell you today that when God speaks, there comes this moment, I call it a liberating crisis of faith. There are four things about liberating faith I want to place before you this morning. I know we'll get three of them. I hope we get the fourth in the time we have. Number one is this, that there, there is the pain of liberating faith. There's the pain of liberating faith. You know and I know it is difficult to live for God in this world. You know that the closer you get in your walk with God, the, the harder the devil comes against you. Think about this fact. Abram was in this place. One author put it this way. Barrenness had persisted in his home. His search, listen to this, had, had, had left him was still without a child. His servants had children. Other people around him, they had children. Can you imagine as they would come up to Abram and, and he'd pick them up into his arms and hold them? They were clinging maybe to his garments, but not one of them belonged to him. And so here was the question. How could he fulfill God's unique vision upon his life with no solution? And I sometimes think that you and I get in the place of, that, that our liberating faith, it is a painful thing. And there's, there's several things I want to give to you underneath this. You might want to write this down. Abraham tries to work out a human solution. He says this, he said, as far as I can see, I've got 318 trained men of war. Eleazar is the best of all of them. And if I died right now, he'd get everything I have. And as of right now, God, this is the only way that I know this is going to work out. Be honest with me, church. Sometimes we try to push, push our ways on God. In Isaiah 55 and 7 and 8, God says, my ways are not your ways. When you read the Word of God in Ephesians chapter 3, as Paul prayed, verses 15 through 20, he said this, I pray unto Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything I would ask, anything I would think, or anything that I would do. How many of you right now are in a painful moment because God's not liberating you the way that you've asked Him to do it? 
He's not working in the way that you think he should be working. Or maybe you don't have any pain in your faith because there's nothing going on. At the National Public Radio, Radio Broadcasters meeting this week on July 1st, Dr. Tony Evans, a great pastor, preached that service. Here's what he said. There are a couple of quotes I want to give. He said, number one is this. He said, when the natural order of things gets uprooted, God speaks. And I'm going to tell you this, God had to step into Abraham's life after a victory. Abraham began to look around and see it wasn't happening for him like it was happening for others. I mean, sometimes it looks like God cares more for lost people than he does us. Am I telling the truth? Some of you are like, don't say that to God. But it's the truth. And listen to me. But the problem is we want human solutions. Now here's where you're going to get mad. Tony Evans, and I'm quoting, said this. He said this, the white church in America has tried to work out their own solution by trusting in the Republican Party for their answers instead of trusting in God. He went on to say that that we believe that the great white hope of America is the Republican Party. Can I tell you, it was the Republican Party that said nothing about the Jim Crow laws. It is the Republican Party that would let a man stay in office and not even try to correct him in some of the filthiest things that have ever come and the divisive things that he did. Not one amen, that's okay. He didn't get one amen when he preached it this past week either. But he also went on to say this, as one of the greatest black pastors in America, he said this, the black church has relied on the Democratic Party to be their great hope of overcoming racism and overcoming inequality, but they did it and said nothing about, listen to this, said nothing about abortion, said nothing about homosexuality and the social issues, said nothing about how they want nothing to do with the Word of God. And so no black people amen him. And he finished it like this. He said this, I promise you this, God is not riding on an elephant and he's not riding on a donkey. And I'm telling you this today in America, it is high time that we come. People often say, preacher, who did you vote for? Who are you for? Listen to me. I'm not Republican or Democrat at first. I am a Christian. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, my citizenship is in heaven. Works that we do. My job is to get people ready for there. Not trying to readjust the deck chairs to say, say that we'll never be equal. There's no way we can be equal this side of heaven. Because you know what? Lane Lewis is smarter than I am. And because he's smarter than I am, God created him that way. He can work with an elevator company. I'll never be able to do that. It's not wrong for him to make more money than I do. He's smarter than I am. It's ridiculous, friend. That we today are pushing things that are socialism when we should be standing up for the Word of God. The only place the ground is level is at Calvary. And in heaven we'll all be equal. We'll all be worshiping at the feet of Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you this. Abraham reminds us it is painful. We pray. We ask God that he works. I pray for our president every day. I prayed for our previous president every day. The one before him and the one before him. I'm already praying for the next one unless God comes back. But the church has to awaken that when we have pain in our liberating faith, we don't turn to a human solution. So here's the deal. Abraham was being called to a divine solution. He was being called by, he said, now listen, I know you're getting weary with all this. It's just what the King Jehoshaphat said. We read it in our reading plan this week in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 10, where that he said, there's this great horde coming against us, but God, we, we are weak, but our eyes are upon you. Now watch in chapter 15 and verse 1, when the man of God was told by God, he says, I am your shield. 
A shield is something that protects us. It's our, it's our divine deliverer. Psalm 84, 11 says this, Oh God, you are our shield, you are protector, and you bestow favor and honor upon those who walk uprightly. In Psalm chapter 18 and verse 25, With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless you show yourself blameless. Now listen to this, unless you have the shield of faith up, you'll always seek for a human solution. And you always, listen to me, drown in the, in the humanness of your solution. I, I wrote this down in, in my notes a few weeks ago. Listen to this. If you have zero spiritual weed killer, the devil's words will always take root. Some of you, you have faith on Sunday, but by Wednesday, the devil has talked you out of what you thought God had talked you into. One little report from the doctor changes everything. Some of you have been told by your boss, if you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to lose your job. Who are you going to believe, God or them? You're being told that you can and that America is done for. I don't believe as long as that, that the Jesus has us on the earth, the church can turn this country around if we seek for, listen to me, a divine solution. And not a human solution. I, I'm sick up to hear people say, well, this generation's going straight to hell. You wasn't with me this week. I want to tell you, this generation, probably more than any in two or three, have a heart to see things change. Many of them are being bombarded by the enemy and seeking human solutions. But I want to tell you, there is a generation that God is raising, and I believe he's called First Baptist Church of Jackson, Georgia, to be leaders, to train them up, to send them out, and to walk with them in the journey. And we're seeing them change lives because of the cross of Christ. Why? He's our shield. But secondly, he said here, he's our reward. He's our reward. Friend, what kind of reward do you want? In America today, people are fighting to get the, the world as their reward. Why in the world would you want something that's going to burn up? Why would you want something that's not going to last? Friend, today, the, when he says, I am your reward, think about what he's saying here. He said, it's, it's me, Abraham. It's me that you need. I, if you've got me, you've got the greatest reward ever. Remember that father that brought his son in Mark 9. He brought him to Jesus, but Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John and Andrew. And the Bible says that they tried to cast out the demon of their teenage son, and they could not do it. It embarrassed them. Jesus came back, and they were still arguing about it, that they couldn't do it. And the Scripture says that Jesus said, bring him to me. When was the last time that in the midst of your pain that you just said, God, it's yours. I'm having to do that right now in several things. God, it's just, it's, just, it's just yours. Remember what Jesus said to that man? He said, bring him to me. He said, sir, all things are possible to those who believe. And watch the faith of that man. You know what he said? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. God speaks, but if you are focused on a human solution, you won't even look to Him as the reward. This book is my reward from God. Well, then, you know, the one I always carried to Africa with me, I, I lost it. I couldn't find it. And, and you know, and a woman, woman can always find what a man can't. Can I get an amen? It was right up under the seat where I left it. But for days, I was thinking about that, that, that Bible, and you know, and I, I mean, because it's got the dirt of Africa on it. It's got the dirt of the Middle East on it. It's got the dirt of Europe on it. I mean, I, I preached quite a few places with that, with that, that book. It's one I carry, a little small one. And, and then the Lord reminded me, Keith, you got a Bible on every turn. 
I went back, started looking through. I, I probably got 40 Bibles of my own. But listen to this. There's places in the world that they'd love to have the reward. See, Abraham didn't have the Word of God at that time. He had the living Word of God that came and said, I am your reward. Lost and dying world doesn't have what you have. Miss Joyce was lying up there in the hospital. She had what no one else had. She had Jesus. Gary and Ashley right now have Jesus. You have Jesus. He is your reward. But now what did Abraham do? Abraham said, but now, Lord, he said, now, Lord, now, listen, I've tried to figure this thing out. And the only thing I can figure out is this, is that we need to just go ahead and put the, the heir apparent on Eleazar, my top servant, and let's just move on with it. And look in verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. You know what he's saying to him? He said, son, quit trying to offer me suggestions, quit trying to offer me substitutes, stick with it. And look in verse 5, and he brought him outside. Some of you, it's time you get outside your mind. It's time you get outside your routine and your rationale, because sometimes you can't explain God. When Elijah went to heaven, he went in a chariot of fire. Try to preach that and explain to somebody who's never seen anything but reality. You just can't do it. There has to come a moment in your life when you have faith, and he's calling him. And I remember Abraham had been a moon worshiper. He'd been worshiping the moon. But God who created the stars says, look at the stars and try to number them if you can, if you're able. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. I want to tell you today, there's pain. There's pain in liberating faith when you don't submit everything to God. Because you're always trying to figure it out. So I'm going to tell you today that I don't have to worry about what God has already promised. And if you want to get out of the pain of your faith right now, of the liberate, it's time that you trust Him with what He says. Get outside of yourself and your ability and say, God, I just submit to you. There's not only the pain of it, there's second, the portrait. There's a portrait of liberating faith that is in the text. What do you mean a portrait? A portrait is something that you can just look at and see and discover. Look what he says in verse number 5. The Bible says this, and he brought him out and said, look toward the heavens, and he did. And then verse 6, then he what? Believed the Lord. Now there's some things I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to get into them with you today, but there's some things I'm not going to believe. I don't believe that a man can give birth to a child. Now, they can try all the substitutes they want to, but you don't tell you the way you are, that's how it's going to be. So you tell me all day long that you're going to do that. If you're a guy, you're not going to do that. I don't believe it. But there's something that I believe. Here it is. Jesus saved. When it says he, he believed the Lord, literally Abraham came to the place in his faith. Some say this is the moment he got saved. But I do know this, this is the moment that Paul in Romans chapter 4 identifies as the example that, that Abraham, watch this, had a trust transfer. When he believed God, it was, as if, it was as if God told him all of this, and finally for the first time in his life, Abraham said, Amen. Let me say it again. It was as if it was the first time in his life when God spoke, Abraham said, Amen. In other words, I'm done, you got it, it's you. 
Is there any example in your life of that kind of portrait? I mean, our house, we got pictures galore. Anybody else? We got volumes of pictures. And when I was younger, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I despised when Sherry said, let's all get up to do a picture because you had to whip all three of them to get them lined up. Anybody else like that? Besides, come on now, a few of you will be on it. Nobody want to take a picture. Kim, am I right? Nobody want to take a picture. And so we line them all up. And then we have to wipe the tears. And, you know, and I was the worst of all. And then, then Sherry, 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 my, I'll tell you, I got the most beautiful woman inside and out. I mean, she's dynamite in a picture. I mean, she'd be killing three people beforehand and just smile right at the picture. <laughs> and mean it. Am I I'm just mean it. I didn't appreciate the portraits when I was younger. But I came to the place that I did. Because Tony, sometimes, sure, not long ago, we were going through some things, she couldn't find them, right? A couple boxes. And we finally found them. We just sat down and started walking back through. I started to cry. See Beth there in her diaper. See John, just so cute. He's going to kill me after. See Keith and the sports teams. All the mission trips. All the portraits. I think that for many of us, we get so busy in the world, we forget every trial is an opportunity for a portrait. Every, every tear is an opportunity to testify to the truth and trust transfer over to God. You know what Romans 4 said? Paul said this. He said that Abraham is the father of the faithful, but he said this, that Abraham grew in his faith. And he came to the place that he even considered his own body, which was dead, to have life. He believed even when there was no hope to believe. Because, listen to this, he trusted God. And God says, I'm saving you. Martin Luther talks about the imputation of Christ. Now, some of you, that may not mean anything to you, but it really means everything to me. Because what God does is this, when you believe on him unto salvation, you know what he does? He imputes the blood of Christ into your life. And even though you are a sinner, God looks at you as a saved person. He looks at you as righteous, even though you're not. It's not your faith that saves you. It is God who saves you. Solo God. He does it all. For by grace you're saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is the gift of God. Abraham in this moment realized something. God was gifting him with life. It came the portrait. And I want you to hear this today. If you are saved today, it's high time that you start making portraits of faith. It's high time that, that, that in your life and in your walk with God that you become a person that with everything within you that you say, God, if I'm going through cancer, this is my portrait. If I'm a student, that everybody at school hates me for my stand of God, that's my portrait. Because you know, at some point, they're going to pull it back out. You see, there's the pain and there's the portrait. But finally, there's the prize. There's the prize of liberating faith. Because the Bible says, if you'll notice the text in verse 7, and he, and he said, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Now, Abraham, you just said you believed in God for a child, and we think wrongly here that the text is saying, hey, 
But there's no way I can have a place. Actually, what he's saying, he said, as I do these portraits, God, can you just put in my mind a good reminder, Brother Danny, of how I'm going to do this? You know what God does? God says, I want you to go out. He told him to take some bunch of animals and cut them in half, cut them in half, kill them first, cut them in half, and lay them on each side of the road. Because here in that culture, what they would do in that day, if, if a group of people got together and they were going to enter into covenant together, they would cut an animal together and they would join hands and they would walk through. So the Bible says he cuts them apart, he keeps, he keeps the, the vultures away, and then the deep sleep falls over him. And suddenly while he's there, the best way that Moses can relate what happened, this, this fire pit and this, this boiling pot, I mean, it's like, I try to figure that out, you just can't. There's a picture of the all-consuming power of God. God walks through it by himself. Whew. Remember what he said, I'm your shield. I'm your reward. I don't need you to do anything. I'll do it all. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Today, I'm just telling you, I'm going to heaven not to brag, but to bow. I want you to know that when I leave this service today, I'm going to speak to some people that God has liberated, and we're going to celebrate the fact that God did it all. See, that's the prize. The prize is on this side of eternity that God is with you, that He's walking with you, that He's along the journey. And boy, Abraham's going to need God in the days ahead. And we're in America, and the church are going to need God in the days ahead. Unless America turns around, the way I preach now, I'll be in jail 10 years from now. There's no doubt of that. Unless something changes in America, unless God calls the church and the church awakens, and unless we take America back for the kingdom of God, that's where we're headed. But if we are, praise be unto God. Because listen to me, the path may hurt, but the portrait is worth it because He is the prize. Here's the last thing we're done. Is this personal to you or not? You say, what do you mean? Turn back with me to to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're done. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, remember we read verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you abide in My Word, and you're truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered Him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Now listen, I wrote this down. At the foot of the cross is liberation. But there are so many who don't believe they need Jesus. Am I telling the truth? Just so many. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're watching online. You say, I don't need all of that. Well, Jesus says here, verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin, at the foot of the cross is liberation. But there are so many who don't believe they need Jesus. Am I telling the truth? Just so many. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're watching online. You say, I don't need all of that. Well, Jesus says here, verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin. Come on now, who's, who's, who's practicer of sin in this room? One, two, three, four, five. About 15 of you. And the others of you are practicing denial. The word practice means a lifestyle. It's everyone who, who practices sin is a slave to sin. 
I want to tell you today, I need liberation. I need it every day. Not just in my salvation, but in my sanctification. I need God to liberate my mouth every day, to liberate my mind every day, to liberate for the ministry that I have every I need Him. I need Him every moment. Now watch what the Scripture says. The Bible says that in verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever the son does. So if the son sets you free, now watch, if the son sets you free, you will be free. Hallelujah. Indeed. Now, not just indeed before Him, but in your deeds here. But now watch what it goes on to say here. He goes on. He goes on here. Now, listen to verse 37. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, I'm talking to the Jews, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. America has come to the place that less than 50% of Americans admit now they go to worship. No place. Jesus. But I'm one of those who believe this, that if I go through the pain of liberating faith, if I become a portrait because God saved me, that the prize of God walking with me will reach this community and reach this world, listen to me, with this gospel because I think it's still personal. Here's the word, one of the verses the kids remembered this week and we're done. Romans 10, 13. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today I just give you this truth at the end. God needs you and I in our heart and mind to stay at the foot of the cross. To learn more about our ministries, check us out at jacksonfbc.com.